0: Good evening and welcome to KLE podcast, Kingdom Leadership Equipping. Um, Welcome. You are, this is where a new generation of people are equipped in kingdom principles for living and leading. It's not just for those that are in positions of leadership, it's that you are the leader and you are the new generation of people that God wants to equip with kingdom and in kingdom principles for living and leading to impact your world and your generation, your society, and your culture. Hey, tonight, I want to talk a little bit about the fivefold ministry gifts. We find uh, the fivefold ministry gifts as described in Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, let's read from the Bible quickly. Um, oh, let me just say this. the This is like sharing a time of... Kingdom Academy, Kingdom equipping Academy I'm dealing with topics various topics uh, that sort of relate more to leadership principles and uh, this is to just give you some clarity to help you to feed you and to establish you you know whether you are walking in it or not but that you understand it and that you understand what Jesus is building in his church. All right so and in his kingdom of course, So the fivefold ministry gifts, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7, he says this, Yet grace, God's undeserved favor, was given to each of us, not indiscriminately, but in different ways, in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and abundant gift. Therefore, it says, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he bestowed gifts on men. The word gifts there, is the word doma, D-O-M-A. It's the Greek word doma, D-O-M-A. And I'll describe it to you just now. In verse 11 it says, And his gifts to the church, this is from the Amplified Version, were varied. And he himself appointed some as apostles, special messengers and representatives, some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people, And some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation. And some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct. And he said, and he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service, to build up the body of Christ, the church, until, verse 13, we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer Reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. So. The word gifts, Doma. So these are the gifts. So first off, we need to understand is that you bestowed gifts on men. They are different measures. In verse 7, it says, God's grace, God's undeserved favor, his grace was given to each one of us. Not to a special few, but to each one of us. Not indiscriminately, but in different ways in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and abundant gift. So, every single one in the body of Christ, when you come into Christ... And you are a new creature. You come into the body of Christ. You're members of his body. Not the members of the church, but the members of his body. Some are eyes, some are ears, some are fingers, some are, you know, toes, legs, whatever it is. But we've all been indiscriminately given a gift in proportion to the measure of his gifting. We have grace. We have grace to operate in that. It's by his undeserved favor. He measures it to everybody. He gifts people. And so there are some people that he gifts in the church and appoints them as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Not because they are special or because they are better than anybody else or because they You know, have been apportioned something that is exceptional, that they are outstanding, better than anybody else. We, unfortunately, in the body of Christ, in fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks specifically, Paul talks specifically about not thinking inferiority, that because he's the I, he's greater than me, or thinking superiority, that others are lesser than you because you are an I or whatever the story is. We must never, ever think like that. In fact, in in Matthew 23, Jesus very clearly when he was speaking to his disciples and the people and he was speaking about leadership, the one thing he said is is that you're all brothers. So that puts us on an equal footing straight away. And he said immediately we need to understand is that nobody's greater than the other. That's what he was – he said anybody that walks in the marketplaces and – Tries to get people to call them by their title and things like that, is you know, he said, they are actually disqualified from leadership. He said, because in in the kingdom it's not to be so among you. Is the 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 Gentiles lorded over one another, exercise authority over. And he said, but it's not to be so among you. He who wants to be the most must be the least. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. So we need to understand is that, you know, we, we must not regard the gifts as celebrity, as something that is, is above us, that is beyond, you know, beyond attainability. That is not the kingdom way of thinking. That is not how Jesus built his, builds his church. He does not build it with celebrities, with special people. Those days are gone, man. Those days are gone, you know, is that we're in the new covenant. We have one shepherd, one one mediator, you, you know, and that's Christ Jesus. And we've got to draw to him. These gifts are there to reveal him and to bring people to him. And so we need to understand that. Now, that doesn't mean we don't respect what people do. We need to respect every single person in the body of Christ. We need to respect them for the part they give, for the grace they have, for what Christ has measured to them. We need to respect that and honor that. But it doesn't mean that anybody is greater than anybody else. And that's really what I want to emphasize is you need to understand and get the mentality you know, if you're a leader, you're not greater than anybody else. You're not more special than anybody else. You've just been graced by the free divine favor of God to, to do a task. And that's really what it is. It's, it's not, you know, these these are gifts. These are not offices. <laughs> these are not appointments to, to some kind of, of titular position. We need to understand this. We need to really get our mindset right in this. We we are not appointed to, to some kind of priesthood that stands over other people. We need to get a sober, sober mindset about, about the apportioning, the measure of Christ's gift to each of us. And it's not because we've earned it or deserved it. It's because, you know, it's just because he's apportioned it. Now, there is responsibility that goes with it, obviously, to function in that gifting. There's a responsibility. There's an accountability. There is something that we have to do, but it does not make us any more special than anybody else. Everybody, you know, for me, is the the business guy, the business leader in his business or at works, in the corporate world, whatever, he's got just as much a task as living out his, his gifting and his ministry and his, his uh, witnesses, his, his assignment <laughs> or as a gift into wherever he is as much as the guy standing in a pulpit. And we need to respect that, you know, is that everybody in every place. But that doesn't make anybody greater than anybody else. But it doesn't mean that we disrespect people, that we disrespect their place. We respect the place that, that and we honor what God has set in place. And and we'll bring that out um, probably in the next few weeks. But so we need to understand that these gifts are given and they're given to fully equip, verse 12 says, and perfect the saints, God's people. The, you, the word is equip, and the word equip means is the word, um, the, the Greek word katatismos, K A T A, and tismos, T I S M O S. It means to repair and prepare God's people, or, um, or the saints, or, or the body of Christ, or the church, one for works of service. Is the ministry actually happens through people, through you and me, through everyone in the body of Christ. We need to be fully equipped, repaired and prepared for works of service, one, two, to build up the body of Christ, the church, to build it up to maturity. Now, some people say, well, you know, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers have passed away, not needed anymore. Uh, that's not true because verse 12 says until we all reach oneness of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God, we don't have these gifts repairing and preparing. That's exactly where the church is going to be. It's not going to grow spiritually. It's not going to become mature. It's not going to reach its full measure the fullness of Christ. That's what I'm saying is we have to acknowledge those gifts that they have a task and respect and honor those gifts that they have something to do. All right. So we we need to we need to come into that place and understanding they've not been done away with. Now some people say, well, the apostles and prophets are done away with. There's only pastors, evangelists, and teachers. I say, when did that happen? You know, when did suddenly we don't need apostles and prophets anymore? But we need, you know, we need pastors. Isn't it amazing? I went to a conference one day. And all the pastors were giving me business cards with their, with their title, pastor so-and-so, pastor so-and-so, pastor so-and-so, this church, that church, all their names on it. They had all their business cards. And then the guy stands up and preaches off, you know, during this pastor's conference, and he says, if you call yourself an apostle, you're not. And I thought to myself, well, then what, what makes the pastor the pastor then? Because all of them are calling themselves pastor. It's all the same thing. There's no, there's no greater and lesser. You know, you know, apostle is not greater than the pastor, and but the pastor is not greater than the apostle or the prophet or whoever else. So, so how can we how do we balance this thing? Where's the, the justice in that? There's there's no justice. We need apostles, we need prophets, we need evangelists, we need the shepherds, and we need the teachers, we need them, we need them all to fully equip and perfect the saints. So that we can reach that oneness in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So we can grow spiritually to become mature believers. So that we can reach the full measure of the fullness of Christ. Manifesting His spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. We need that. And we need all those gifts. We need every person's gift. And we need these equipping gifts. If we don't have equipping gifts, everything dies. But when we have the gifts, everything flows. If one gift thinks they're greater than the other gifts, it dies. There's no greater and lesser than in this. Every gift is needed needs to be respected and needs to be honored. And we need to receive all the gifts. Jesus said if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you get the prophet's reward. I believe if you receive an apostle in the name of an apostle, you receive the apostle's reward. Or the, the pastor, or the teacher, or the evangelist. There's, there's always a reward that goes with receiving the gifting and not just those gifts not just the doma gifts but every gift the bible says you know don't don't um uh how does it go don't neglect the prophecies or don't ignore prophecies and what is going, it's not talking about prophets that come it's talking about anybody that that comes and brings the the, the revealing of the word to you brings divine communication to you and so we we need to receive and if we receive we receive the reward but this you know we we go from one extreme to the other isn't it amazing we in one sense we go from the hierarchy apostles at the top and and you know teachers at the bottom and then is all the plebs all the people at the bottom that sit in pews they don't do anything they just there they need to grow up but they 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 can't grow beyond us you know that is Crazy stuff. That is like hierarchy. There is no hierarchy in the kingdom of God. There's only one King. His name is Jesus, and He's the King of all others that are kings. He's the King of kings. We're we're the kings in His kingdom. All having dominion. All bring bringing our gifts, our abilities, our, the skills and talents and assignments and purpose that He's given to us. There's no. Bosses, man. We got to get out of this mentality, this hierarchical mentality is that somebody is greater than the others. And I'm going to show you that just now, how Paul laid it out. But again, on the other side, is what we want to do is then we kick everything out so we don't need any of those things. We don't respect any of that. We don't honor any of that. That's now that's crazy. On the other side, we need to learn to grow up and balance these things. How to how to honor and respect the giftings God sends to us and that God is apportioned to them and their place in our life and the place in the body of Christ. We need to receive it and respect it and 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 uh, uh, um, walk with it, you know, honor that. So this word doma, gifting, means that the, the, the Greek means that it lends greater emphasis to the character of the gift as that which has been freely imparted rather than its beneficent nature. So what you receive from these gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, is not as great as the the actual essence or the nature of the gift to be a free gift to you. And that's the other thing, is that we've got too many... People running around in these giftings think they walk in some kind of great offers greater than others and charge money for their gifting. This is just absolutely diabolical. It's wrong. And we've got to get out of their mentality. I'm telling you, this new generation just does, does not accept that kind of mentality. We've got to change this thing. We've got to change this dysfunctionality and be clear that we are a free gift to the body of Christ as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. OK, so um, the emphasis is on the character of the gift freely given rather than what you get out of that gift The giftings, the fivefold giftings, are there to equip the saints. And that's the important thing that we need to understand. They are there to fully equip and perfect the saints. That is their first and foremost functionality. If that is not your primary focus, you are missing the mark. You are totally off your mandate. Now, your mandate includes a whole lot of things, but it's first and foremost to equip the saints, God's people. That is your priority. you should be repairing and preparing people for works of service to build up the body of Christ, not our little churches, but to build up the body of christ oh my i've you know, as a pastor for twenty years, I made so many mistakes in this area. I didn't know because I did what everybody else does, and I know a lot of a lot of leaders out there are doing what everybody else has taught them to do and what they've seen to do, and they never we never questioned it. And only when God put me, sat me down for eight years that I began to look at this stuff and began to say, hang on, what does the word actually say about this? And how does it actually function? We've grown we've we've fallen in love with a model of church. We keep doing it and it doesn't work. It's not kingdom, and we keep doing it over and over again. And we're teaching the the the, the next generation, but the next generation are not interested in this stuff. They're just not interested in this stuff. So we've got to get off our religious hind horses and get down to what. How does God want to build His kingdom? Let's get kingdom equipped in our mindset and the way we do things. Okay. So, so the doma gifts is about the character of the gift. We've got apostles. I'm not going to deep dive into each of these giftings because it's it's like, it's like a conference on each one. Basically, it's a series on each one, but. Basically apostles are messengers. And apostles are not those that are greater than everybody else. That's one thing we need to understand. The apostles DNA or the, of the gifting, the very nature of the gifting is one to be a father. Apostles not they aren't just fathers to a generation but or or to to um to the sons of God. But they they actually bring a, a atmosphere or they bring that DNA to the body of Christ a Fathering. They are not lords, they're not bosses, they're not uh, they're not people that own people or own sons or you know, or own churches. I have these thousands of you know, apostles are just Paul says I'm known yet unknown. In other words, he said, "I'm known in, in intimacy, but unknown in obscurity." So he wasn't this profound person that would run big conferences and, and you know, and everybody knew Paul. Paul was not like that. Paul developed intimate relationships, but he was an obscure person. So was Jesus, except for the crowds wanted him because they thought he was going to restore the kingdom back to Israel and set them free from the Roman oppression. So the apostles come with a DNA that is father. They bring the heart of the father into a place so that everybody begins to sense the heart of the father and begins to reflect the heart of the father. If, if an apostle is not bringing the heart of the father to anything, if they're trying to bring the heart of ministry, their ministry, some, something's wrong, then they offbeat beat. If they are an apostle at all. Secondly, is there is a warlike gene to the apostle? He brings overthrow to mindsets. He challenges the thinking of uh, the church. Paul said that in in um, and we're going to look at the Second Corinthians chapter ten. He said that um, uh, this is our warfare. We we don't fight according to flesh and blood, but according to with the power of God. And he said to the overthrowing of mindsets, imaginations, the very seat of where thinking begins. And so apostles are sort of have a military campaign. And I'll show you all of that in, in definition soon that they bring change, transformation in thinking. And of course, they pick up the most they pick up the most persecution especially from religious people because religious people hate their thinking being changed they like to stay entrenched in their religious mindsets and that's really what it is prophets the word prophet is prophet prophetas p r uh, o p h e t e s and it means um, in the greek it means one who speaks openly before anyone it's the technical name for the one for one who interprets the divine message of god they they are characterized by communion with god intimacy with god and a divine communication to people of what has has been said and what they have to declare what's been told to them to declare they they can see into that's another word is to see into discern and interpret divine mysteries or divine principles or divine truths. Um, They can see into things, discern it and interpret the divine will and purpose of God and bring it to the church. So they are able to bring those mysteries, those, those concepts that some sometimes are lacking and they are able to interpret it and communicate it clearly to the church. And uh, so that, it, what does it do? It increases communion with God. The the evangelist is, of course, the one that that like Philip goes to and you know preaches sometimes with miracles, signs and wonders, um, brings preaches the kingdom of God, the name of Christ, and sees people coming into that uh, in 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 a transformative way. Again, you know, evangelist doesn't necessarily mean that you are constantly evangelizing. It means that you're equipping. That's the thing. we got to get back to that. That's what the Bible tells us is the first, the gift is the equipping. Pastor here, very important. It's the only time the word pastor is used. And yet it's the most commonly called, named gift we have right now. You will not find somebody you know, um leading a congregation who's an evangelist or who's a prophet or is an apostle. You're not allowed to, you're definitely not allowed to call yourself apostle, although now it's becoming a bit more popular because there's more of a boss mentality to being apostle or a prophet. There seems to be, you know, it's more spiritual now. You know, this is we've got to get back down to basics and say, hang on, wait a minute. You know, there's no greater than, lesser than. And I will show you that later on. But there's apostle prophet evangelist pastor only one time mentioned, only this time. And it actually was the word shepherd, but here yeah, they they use the word pastor and then teacher, also very important in the body of Christ, very important. So I want you to if you go have a look at at the in Acts chapter 20, listen to what this says. Paul goes and he says in verse 17, from Miletus, or Miletus, he sent word to Ephesus and summoned the elders of the church to meet him there. And when they arrived, he said to them, he didn't call for the pastors. He called for the elders. And that is important. Who holds government in the church is eldership. You know, this eliminates this boss mentality. The You know, somebody is the boss. I, you know, I, I just refuse to work. In the kingdom of God, in the Church of Jesus Christ, for a boss, I, I I don't work for a boss. I don't. If I want to work for a boss, I go to a corporate company. You know, I go work for a, a business there, and there I'm challenging even the leaders, the business leaders, to not have a boss mentality, but to in fact have a kingdom mentality, which which is leadership by influence not leadership by domin- dominion or, or you know domination or manipulation this is not leadership this is not kingdom this is not christ at all so we need to understand is that paul didn't call for the pastors and that's why you know when they when they when they say you know uh, if you call yourself apostle or a prophet, you're not. And then I go, you know, this is ridiculous because everybody's calling themselves pastor. Some people get really offended if you don't address them by their title, Pastor Sean, you know, Pastor Jesus never walked around and said, Call me Rabbi Jesus. He just said, My name is Jesus, you know. It's just this is is really all wacky stuff. We we feel like we, we've got to fit in with With like the the hierarchy of the world, the secular way of doing things. And we've got to get away from this stuff. 1 Peter chapter 5. um, Peter says this in 1 chapter 5 verse 1. The elders and therefore among you I exhort. Not the pastors, the elders. Who am a fellow elder. He calls himself. And Peter was the person that Jesus mentored to lead the church into, you know, taking the message into the world. As the leading, the leading apostle amongst the others. (laughs) And yet he calls himself a fellow elder with all the elders. And then he says, as a witness of the sufferings of Christ, who am also a a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Tend the flock of God, which is among you. Or oversee the flock of God that is among you. So Peter he equates himself and, and, and puts himself on the same place as elders. He, he first saw himself as an elder, then as an apostle. Isn't that interesting? Jesus called them apostles and he said, because you're going to carry this message to the rest of the world. But but he says to, to Peter here, sees himself as a fellow elder. I want to say the gifts are not people that are outside of anything. The giftings are first elders, then they are the gift. You it, not all elders are apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers, but not all. Um, but all gifts are elders because that's where their accountability is. That's where their authority is. And when we th- that's why when we think apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers are some kind of privileged office that we hold, then we're still thinking old covenant. We're still thinking like the papal kind of bishops, archbishops, pope kind of situation. That is not kingdom. We've got to get down to the fact that government is held in the church by eldership. Peter acknowledged that. Elders have always been what God has set in as the authoritative governments for oversight. Always. The elder sat in the gates of the city to decide. Remember Boaz? He was an elder, but when when he wanted to marry Ruth, he went and approached the elders. So we need to understand this place that, that the kingdom of God is built like this. That's what we need to understand. You know, the kingdom is, is is principles. It's it's truths. It's it's the values, and we need to begin to allow the kingdom to influence how we think in the church, because we we've sort of got this church mind. We've got this church mindedness of how things are done, and we we need to change that. Elders are mentioned 59 times in the New Testament outside of the gospel. With the gospels, 121 times. Oh, no, sorry, 121 times in the Old Testament. Pastor is mentioned once. Shepherd is mentioned, I think, about nine times. And mostly, or seven times, and it mostly refers to Jesus being the chief shepherd. So eldership is the important one. Those who aspire to bishop, also not a title, not a not a, a, a special place. It's a function. It means it, it's the word eschipo, eschipo, or es, episcopos, And it means to oversee. It means to oversee, to give an account, to oversee, to look carefully. Again, something that I'll teach about eldership. I'm not I'm not trying to give you a theological thing here. I'm just really trying to challenge some of your thinking that you will go back and look at the scriptures for yourself and not just assume that what you're doing is right or that you're sitting under is right. We need to begin to challenge some things based upon the word of God. How is the kingdom of God on this? Because some of this stuff is really out of whack and it's not working. This new generation are not interested. They do not see authenticity in it. And it's allowed to go crazy right now. Paul says this in in Galatians. He he says, I I think it's in Galatians chapter 2 verse 6. In the Amplified he says, but from those who were of high reputation. And then he goes, he says, listen to this. He went to the apostles and the and the elders in Jerusalem, okay, and he went to Peter and John and James, these guys that were like leading guys, and he says those that were of high reputation, but then he says this, whatever they were in terms of individual importance makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. He is not impressed with the positions that people hold, nor does he recognize distinctions. Such as fame or power. He goes on to say, well, those who were of reputation contributed nothing to me. That is, they had nothing to add to my gospel message, nor did they impose any new requirements on me. He respected them enough to go and present to them what God had revealed to him about of, of the revelation of Jesus Christ and his church. He respected and honored them and went to them. But it says that in terms of individual importance, it made no difference to me. God shows no partiality. He's not impressed with the positions that people hold, nor does he recognize distinctions such as fame or power. And I would say title or position. Some other translations I looked up says God is not impressed with the positions that men hold and he's not partial And recognizes no external distinctions. In other words, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how fancy you are and how many titles you have and how how much education you've got. God's not impressed. And we are not to use those things to try and seduce and impress people. Another translation says God does not show favoritism. And then it also says, it doesn't matter to me if they were important or not. To God, everyone is the same. Let me just find that that scripture I wanted to read to you. I meant to make a note of it, but I'll quickly look it up here on my, on my computer. And that is in Matthew 23. It, it really was an outstanding scripture to me because it changed. It, this was one of the passages of scripture that God really challenged me with. Um, over the eight years in England. And he said, then spoke Jesus to the multitudes, verse 1, and to his disciples saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. All things therefore whatsoever they bid you, these do and observe. They've taken up their place on Moses' seat. Let's look up another translation. I think let's uh, sometimes the the old translation sort of leave you wondering and you've got to do a deep deeper study of what it says. Let's look at the amplified version okay and so Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples saying the scribes and Pharisees have seated themselves in Moses chair of authority as teachers of the law so they've set themselves up as uh, uh, in in Moses chair <laughs> how's that I mean you talk about audacity as authority of authority as teachers of the law so they can set the law really and they did they added I don't know like 800 more laws than Moses did verse three. And it says, so practice and observe everything they tell you, but do not do as they do. In other words, abide, you know, honor the law, but do not do as they do for they preach things, but do not practice them. The scribes and Pharisees tie up heavy loads that are hard to bear and place them on men's shoulders that, you know, in other words, they bring principles and, and, uh, you know, conditions that they're not prepared to carry themselves but yet they expect others to do it. And they, li- they, do, they themselves do not lift a finger to make them lighter. They do all their deeds to be seen by men. For they make their uh, faculties, or whatever it's, however it's pronounced, tefillin. Te- te- they make them wide to make them more conspicuous and make their tassels long. They love the place of distinction and, and honor at feasts. And the best seats in the synagogue, those on the platform near the scrolls of the law facing the congregation. And to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and public forums. And to have people call them rabbi. See, they love the titles. They love to be greeted, you know, oh, hello, rabbi, you know, whatever, (laughs) Sean. But do not be called rabbi, teacher, for one is your teacher. And you are all equally brothers. Hello. That's what he was telling them in the old covenant. (laughs) That was hierarchical if ever. But Jesus is really bringing a change. He's really challenging the institution here. In verse 9, do not call anyone on earth who guides you spiritually your father. For one is your father who is in heaven. That doesn't mean there aren't people that actually, that do teach you. That aren't teachers they aren't they, it doesn't mean there aren't people that that are fathers who, who are there to nurture you but they always represent Christ they always represent their father in heaven and he says in verse 10 do not let yourselves be called leaders or teachers for one is your leader the Christ again it's representation. But the greatest among you will be your servant and whoever exalts himself shall be humbled and whoever humbles himself shall be raised to honor glory to God. And so we need a change of heart. We need a change of mindset in these things so that we begin to reflect these gifts properly in the body of Christ. And we, we, we need to stop worshiping men and women. We need to stop worshiping the gift the gift is Christ given for the equipping of the saints. Now you know the giftings. Their first priority is equipping. They are also believers. They <laughs> also the priesthood, kings and priests unto our God and the kingdom. And so they also do ministry, as we all should. We all been gifted to do something. We all have assignments and purposes. But these specific. Giftings have been given to to people specifically for the equipping of the saints. This is not for the exaltation, for them to be supremely, you know, put on a pedestal, that they are popes or something like that. I mean, I've you've probably seen some of these videos on, on Facebook and, and YouTube and that way, where, where, you know... It gets absolutely crazy how people, you know, the gift, the man or the woman arrive on stage and everybody applauds and everybody, you know, is crazy and the one, the one video they're throwing money and and uh, you know and it's it it sounds like a Johnny. It sounds like a boxing match. You know, it's like music and and uh, the man of God is here. Whoops, and then he knocked the water off the table. Um, the man of God is here. I'm preaching with my hands all over the place. <laughs> Get all excited here. Um, and so, you know, and and, and then they the people come and bow down to them and throw money at their feet. This, you know, that man should fall on his face before God and acknowledge that only Christ can give these gifts to men. And that we do not deserve it. It's by his grace that we've received it. And if God uses us, it's only by grace that we're not sitting in a gutter, an alcoholic somewhere, living on the streets. It's by the grace of God today that we are who we are and can do what we can do. For me to sit here, it's the grace of God. You know, I used to stutter. I used to be shy. I used to be, you know, I was so shy I couldn't speak to people. I was so introverted. I, I couldn't even stand in front of the crowd. Now I'm, I'm speaking and there's nobody in front of me. <laughs> this is the grace of God. That God gives me the wisdom and the ability to do this. I love doing this. You know, this is just my passion. But I know it's like if, if, if I don't acknowledge who, who has given me this gift, I lo- you know, it's, I'm nothing without that. If I don't acknowledge, I lose it. And I want to say the same to you: is that you know we need to fall on our faces before God. When when Peter and and John went to the gate, and they and they um, saw their paralytic heal they healed that paralytic man in the gate called beautiful. The people wanted to make them, you know, great, and they said. Tore their clothes and they said, Man, this is not about us. Paul and Silas did the same thing. They try to make them as gods. And today, the giftings, people that have these giftings, men and women that have, have these giftings, they actually receive this applause or this, this acknowledgement that we are gods, that we're something special, that we're above, you know, above the normal person. No, we're not. No, you're not. And we've got to come back down to earth, back down to this. The greatest among you will be your servant. And whoever, this is a mindset. This is a heart set. And whoever exalts himself shall be humble, And whoever humbles himself shall be raised to honor. And that's honor before God. We've, we've really got to change our mindset on these things. No one is greater than the other. When we start getting back to the place of having a sober-mindedness, maybe we'll start seeing what God really, what Jesus really, what the Holy Spirit really wants to do in the earth. Maybe that's when God will really use you and me. So that's the the giftings. But I want to say to every person that's listening is that you're gifted of God. You've been given gifts. You've been given strengths. You've been given talents. And you've been given a purpose and assignment. Nobody is greater in their assignment than you. And you need to fulfill what God's called you to do in the earth. That's why you're a kingdom leader. You're kings and priests unto our God in the kingdom. That's why you have to do what God's called you to do. And you have to fulfill your assignment. You'll never be fulfilled. You'll never be fulfilled. You'll never be content until you're doing what God has called you to do and gifted you to do. Amen. Not everybody's gifted to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They are gifted specifically for the equipping of the saints. But all of us are gifted and called by God To impact society. Impact the cultures of the world. All of us are. And that's what I want to encourage you with today. You are. You are the kingdom leader. Amen. All right. Until next time. This is Sean. Thank you for listening. And I pray that you'll take time to spend time in the word and find these things. Grow in these things. Meditate on them. Don't just take what everybody tells you because everybody's doing it. Amen. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless you.